Listen, if you dare, to the Lovecraft tapes. Welcome to the Lovecraft Tapes podcast. This is Case 15, The Crosses. I am Jeremy, your keeper of arcane lore, and we play Call of Cthulhu, a role-playing game filled with cosmic horror, existential dread, and a wind that whistles through the eaves of your house like a distant memory of when you could whistle before you lost your lips in the great war you don't like to talk about, mainly because you don't have lips. Your investigators of the unknown are Brian as Ben. All right, shrooms, come and get your love. Matt as Kyle. Fuck. And Lupine as Rosa. I I don't uh, I don't have less. I got sick. Don't pay any lip service to Lupine. Welcome, players. How's everybody doing tonight? Well, I've been here just sipping a nice hazelnut KBS. Kick butt slap. There's only one person around to slap asses, and that's Kyle. <laughs> it's always fun every year when spring arrives because it brings new wildlife to our backyard. But we're careful to keep our distance from any territorial predators that may be unfamiliar. What's the strangest or most dangerous run-in you've had with a wild animal during your lifetime? I was with my friends. I was probably about like 13. We had this clubhouse thing. We literally took two pieces of plywood and like staple gun to them together or something. But anyway, we were cool, man. And we were sitting up there because we'd built a few benches. All of a sudden, there's a raccoon just looking at me. I ran down that field so fucking fast. <laughs> but raccoons are cute and cuddly. They are, yes. And I was not into rabies at the moment. Yeah, I got two. I don't have a good memory of it, but I was young, went camping with the family. We had a black bear outside our tent in the middle of the night. We tied our food up, but he climbed the tree and got the food. So we were in a panic because he didn't leave for like an hour and a half from our campsite. So we couldn't go out. It was so hot in a tent because everybody's in there panicking. So not fun. But my personal one, first time becoming a homeowner on my own, and I was renovating the house, having the house renovated, and I went out to my garage, was just looking around, everything's new, right? You want to see what you have? Open this sliding panel of wood that was near the back of the garage, didn't know what it was. As soon as I opened it, a possum rolled out. <laughs> Probably the size of maybe a golden retriever. That's what it seemed like. And it turned at me and went. And I think I was in the house and didn't touch the ground the entire way. (laughs) Come to find out that was an exhaust vent and my house was used as a car painting booth. The garage was. So he was all nestled in there because he was safe from outside, but still tucked away like a little nest. So my house backs up to a decent sized chunk of woods behind it. So we get all sorts of standard Michigan woodland creatures. I see deer on a regular basis, uh, rabbits. There's only one animal that I know is out there, but I've only ever managed to run into twice. And one time was when I was out in the back. I was maybe 15 or 16 at the time. And me and my friends were out wandering through the woods back there, as you do when you're that age, when we accidentally stumbled upon a, a coyote. <laughs> who I'm not sure who was more scared at that point, him or us, but we screamed and then he made some sort of weird noise and then all I remember is running like there was no tomorrow back to the house to slam the door shut. (laughs) 
when I was a teenager, uh, we lived out in the boonies. Uh, so we often amused ourselves by building forts or jumping bikes over dirt ramps and crashing and breaking our bikes. But one summer, uh, we stupidly decided to excavate soil for a makeshift swimming pool. Yeah, while digging, we unearthed these curious golf ball-sized oblong objects that were tough and leathery. Come to find out, we had uncovered a snake nest and some of the eggs were hatching. So needless to say, the pool project was uh, eventually abandoned before Mama could come back. I saw a coyote once, but it was far away. And in a book, but I saw it. No, it was real. It was real, I think. Probably. I haven't seen it again. I didn't see it move, so I don't know. Pixar didn't happen. Uh, listeners, if you would like to drop us a letter from beyond, please visit lovecrafttapes.com anytime and fill out our contact form. We accept thoughtful criticism, thirsty praise, and even belly scritches. But only for 15 seconds, because anything longer than that will lash out with our fangs and claws to latch onto your hand, but immediately recoil once we draw blood. You have to be sure to give snacks. Guys, I have some good news. You have snacks? We got letters up the wazoo this time around. I don't know what happened. I can't eat letters. Some of these are snack size. So uh, Terry the Powerful on Twitter says, just finished case 13 and I have literal tears in my eyes when Jeremy summed up what happened to everyone. I'm going to miss Roy so much. We will too, Terry. Thank you for sharing that. Hopefully uh, Gabe will get the uh, message that he is doubly missed now. The Crimson Owl wrote, Dear Mr. Jeremy Boomstick Johnson, I'm a very avid fan of your work. I've listened to every episode of the Lovecraft Tapes and I am fully caught up. It's unfortunate that Gabe is no longer with the group. If you can, tell him thank you from the bottom of my heart for giving me such wonderful moments of joy and laughter. Unfortunately, I'm coming at you with some criticism for the show. Look, I get that you're passionate about politics, but let's be real for a sec. Bringing that into a real play podcast is like mixing oil and water. You're just asking for trouble. People come to your podcast to escape reality and dive into the world of Lovecraft, not to get all riled up about the latest political drama. By telling your audience to tune out if they don't like it, you're basically giving them the finger and saying their opinions don't matter. That's a one-way ticket to losing fans and hurting your brand. So do everyone a favor and keep the politics out of it, all right? Stick to what your fans came for, the Lovecraft content, and watch your community thrive. I have listened to you guys for many years, and I love you guys very much, but this mindset is not the way to build a community. So, Crimson Owl, uh, thank you for your criticism. I appreciate that. And I totally get it if it's not your cup of tea. I am someone who cannot sit idly by when evil is being done in the world. And so, I feel that I need to speak up to whoever and wherever and whenever I want. It may be something that riles people or they feel it doesn't belong in this type of content. But to be honest, it's pervasive. It's everywhere we go. And it's even more so these days. So, you know, on one hand, I totally understand where you're coming from. And I totally sympathize if you'd rather skip over that part. But I can't apologize for it. I've always been that way. I hate bullies. I hate people who take advantage of other people. So I I have to speak up. I don't like it. I can't shut up. I'm sorry. Well, it's also starting a conversation, though. Yeah. Because he responded to us, letting us know his feelings. So we actually started a conversation instead of screaming at each other for once. My point of view is I can't get up on a soapbox and talk politically 
in a serious fashion. To me, taking the gas out of somebody with satire is the way to do it. Even if it does seem a little needly or or maybe even mean-spirited, I direct those things at people who I believe are doing humanity a disservice. But I absolutely understand your point of view. And I used to feel that way. I don't anymore. I'm sick of people being hurt. By the same point, I I thank you for listening and I thank you for the uh, kind words for Gabe and the rest of us. So uh, I hope you continue to listen. Thank you. All right. uh, Next letter is from Mick Cope, our old buddy, Patreon uh, supporter. Just thought I'd let you know how much I'm enjoying the new case. It was quite the change of pace at first, but now I've really gotten invested in the new characters. With the weirdness being cranked up, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens next. Lupine is a nice addition to the cast, seamlessly blending into your hilarious interactions. Keep up the good work. Thank you, Mick. Appreciate that. And finally, a letter from Dalius Samulis. I love the show, and it saddens me when I finally catch up as I just crave some more. I'll be missing the Arroyo brothers, but I'm looking forward to all the upcoming cases. Thank you, Dalius. Appreciate that. Thank you to everyone who sent in letters. It was sort of like the floodgates opening up. Like, we just got a bunch all at once, which was amazing. I appreciate that. Thanks, guys. At least we know there's still four people listening. This show is brought to you in part by our generous fans and supporters on Patreon.com slash Lovecraft Tapes. Thank you to Jordy Rose, Barry Robeson, Atulia, Brownie Davis, James Mayo, Elizabeth Grieve, Chris Parker, Kyle Sherman, John Scarcella, Huge Pie, The Frilled Shark, Amanda Power, Little Rowan Plays, Jefferson Bell, Eric Zane, Olda Pokert, Mitch L., Andrew Petty, Eric Phillips, Frank Delventhal, Malamber 57, Snow, Daniel Caprone, Dom Driver, Ripley Iwan, Discordiant, Robert Jameson, Boston Harbor Horror Presents, Wouter Vermeyen, Horse to Dr- Draper, Liz Moonberry, Stephen Gregory, Prophet of Woe, Flix Capacitator, Chainsaw Unicorn, Shelly DM, David Winterman, Captain Vashton, Peter VDB, James Brown, Ineptus the Stardust, Davinia Vonzerovich, Matthew, Oritako, Shane Stoley, Ruined Ashes, Brindle Stubbs, Luke Corbin, Kevin C., A.E. Jonesy, Phoenix Black, Marty Dixon, Jay Clark, J.R., Botran, Oddity, Rolling Boxcar, Sean McConnell, Jeffrey Young Bifford, Holden Oman, Some Dude, Phil Campbell, Justin Lovac, Nicholas Hutto, John Konopasik, Kie, Kevin G, Mick Cope, Robert Lamb, Ryan Hill, Joe's Thickness, Steve L, Tomas, Benjamin King, Surrett and Wizard of Isenglast, Rich Pogue, I Got Walls and a Roof, Matt's Sister, literally, John Caballero, Smegmus Grundlegunge, and Jeff Howie. Thank you guys. Appreciate all the moolah. I wonder if literally Matt's sister is not literally Matt's sister. You know, it is, in fact, my older sister, yes. Hi, literally Matt's sister. Before we begin, we need to take a quick commercial a break. And now, a word from our sponsor. Oh no, look at this mess. Dirty dishes in the sink, soggy cardboard pizza boxes stacked up in the garbage bin, and oh no, looks like somebody spilled a whole can of Fresca on mom's new granite countertop. Whatever can be done? Don't fret, don't fear, my friends and fellow humans, Mirren's magical mop-up wipes are here to keep you in the clear. 
did someone take a number one on the living room rug right in front of the grand piano? Let Marin mop it up. Did Pazuzu spray pea soup all over the bedspread? Let Marin mop it up. Yes, there isn't much Marin can't do, but if you happen to encounter a particularly ornery mess, then you might be interested in our new improved wipe, Kara's Cleanup Cloth. When Marin fails, send in Karas to send that mess packing. Kara sops up the stain in no time, but please be advised. Karas is only good for one use. Keep your home clean and clear with Marin's Magical Mop-Up Wipes or Kara's Clean-Up Cloth. Both available at your local pharmacy now. Just look for the HW Industries logo and remember, the, the power, power of West, West compels you. And we're back. You know, if you purchase that product and or service overseas, they sell wildly different variations you can't get here in the States. What's your favorite Japanese flavor? Wasabi. Sake is pretty damn good if you can find it. It's a little harder to find, though. Godzilla? That's hard to find. I've been looking for that for three months. They're rather large, too. Oh, no. There goes Tokyo. No, no, Godzilla. Go, 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 Godzilla. You know, despite my doctor's insistent demands to cut back, I simply cannot resist the kiwi-snake-egg combination. It's my favorite guilty pleasure. Cobra! Damn it, Destro! G.I. Joe? It is time, my friends, to play Case 15. Tape 10. Pulling a Black Tooth. Previously on the Lovecraft Tapes. Heroes aren't born. They are forged in the fires of adversity. Courageous personalities who step up to meet a challenge few others would dare face. Ben, Rosa, and Kyle convene at Herb's store where they recover the myconazole powder that Alden August ordered. Ranger Rickenbacker arrives to transport them to the mountaintop, where they hope to poison the mountain springs and rid their small village of the fungal threat. But while gearing up at the station, they run afoul of a sinister force. Is this the end for our intrepid teenagers? Or will fate intervene yet again to help these three unlikely heroes complete their quests. Depends. Does Jeremy have the GM cheats little box ticked still where he rolls really well and we don't? We're about to find out. <laughs> Investigators, you stand at the top of the ranger station staircase, watching down in helpless dread as fungus-covered tendrils snake up the steps toward the four of you. Further below, at the bottom, a growing patch of crimson toadstools seems to ebb and flow 
like the lapping waters of a hungry ocean whose depths are yet unknown. The ranger quickly turns back to you, pointing at the station office. Come on, the the hatch. We can use the emergency ladder. Ooh, wicked smart. Everyone roll dexterity. I needed a 50, I rolled a 38, that's a success. I needed an 80, I rolled a 34, that's a hard success. Hey, look, I succeeded with a 34 under a 50. (laughs) The ranger is first to act and turns back, quickly opens the office door and rushes in. Ben is quick to scrabble backwards and manages to essentially hang on to the coattails of the ranger. Now, uh, Lupine, as you're going in, you cast a glance behind. Why don't you give me a spot hidden, please? Oh, I failed that with a 52 over a 25. Flip those numbers around and you're you're fine. Kyle outdistances you by just mere inches, and you're left at the rear of this procession heading back into the station. And you cast a glance behind just as one of the tendrils snaps mere centimeters from your eye. You feel the air puff at you. He's checking for glaucoma. <laughs> Did it just spread spores on you? Oh, shit. Not again. And you immediately scramble into the station and slam the door behind you. And of course, everybody's in there breathing heavily, including the uh, ranger. I'm totally ready to just light this thing up and let him have it. Come on. We need to be strategic about this, guys. Ranger, ranger, where's the hatch? And you see Ranger Rickenbacker standing next to a hatch in the floor and a ladder leading down. Sir, we don't want to go underground. That's where they're at. We can get down this way. Come on, follow me. And he heads down. Guys, I don't think we should go down. Are we sure that Ranger Rick is good? I don't know. Good? Okay, guys. In order for Kyle to be effective, we got to be on level ground. The tendrils aren't going to do anything if he burns those. The fire needs to spread. So you're saying I should light this place on fire? Probably, but let's get out first. Kids, kids, come on. Quit screwing around up there. I'm heading to the ladder. Let's follow him. Kids, are you coming? I've reached the bottom. Hurry up, we can make it to the car. Come on, guys, we gotta hustle. As they're going down, I'm gonna light off the brush torch. And just up and down the walls and back and forth. And then I'm going to head down to see if I can't get the place to burn down on our way down. Uh, you got the brush torch there? I do. How about a um, submachine gun roll? Uh, I needed a 15. I rolled a 59, which is a failure, but not a fumble. Kyle pulls the trigger on the brush torch just as some of the tendrils start breaking the windows into the enclosed office of the station and begin to snake inside. He tries to burn the tendrils directly, but it gives a little bit of a kick. It comes out much hotter than he expected, and so he jerks back, and it catches the roof on fire. Kyle, do you still have your eyebrows? That's not important right now. I think he just started the best party in the world because the roof is on fire. Yeah, this party's lit. We don't need no water. Let that mother... Just as you're backing up towards the hatch, the roof goes up like that. Oh, shit. In no time flat, it just is an inferno because the roof is clearly older and dried out from the sun. It's an inferno right now. The disco inferno. Yeah, it is. Uh, Meanwhile, Ben and Lupine are about halfway down the ladder. 
We're roasting marshmallows by the light of the burning building. <laughs> you guys are climbing down and you just hear from above you, shit, 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 shit. I made a boo-boo. You guys might want to go faster. And as you reach the bottom, Ranger Rickenbacker helps each of you off the ladder. What are those things? I, I've never seen anything quite like that. We told you there were mushrooms. I've seen the mushrooms. I took pictures of them, but they weren't moving. Well, these ones poof. Are you on the mushrooms only fans? I'll have to check the yellow pages for that. Uh, the white pages. I'm not exactly sure what's going on, but I thought I saw some people at the edge of the forest. So I, I don't know. I got a bad feeling about this, guys. Oh, uh, yeah. Those are probably the mushroom people. You know, you want to stay away the what? from them. Yeah. They're, they're kind of, yeah. Okay. I, I, I clearly don't know what's going on here, but uh, Alden said. Can you help us get all the way up there to the water? Well, of course. Uh, yeah, we uh, we got to get to my console. Uh, come on. All right. The car is just right here. And he goes to the back of the car, grabs the Myconazole, loads you up in each of your packs. Nice. You sure you can carry that? I mean, that's 10 pounds, Kyle. I could carry two of them if you wanted. It's it's really not that hard. I'm carrying mine. I'm carrying mine. Good job, guys. I I believe we need to spread out the tasks. And, you know, if we can all pull together as a team, then we can all... Oh, Jesus Christ, there's some other things. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) Come over here, guys. There's a very little known track. Uh, We can get over to the cabins real quick. And if there's anybody there, we can at least warn them. If we got swarmed, I think we just have to go up the mountain. Swarmed? Yep. Well, let's check the cabins first. That's a good idea. Yes, Ben. Uh, Well, I actually have to because ranger conduct. Maybe they'll have snacks in the cabins. All right, guys. uh, Well, let's go. Uh, He begins walking along a beaten track. And behind you, uh, you hear that telltale hissing sound of something moving through the grass and a growing bloom of those toadstools seemingly popping up at random behind you. Let's move fast. Let's move faster. Can we move any faster? I'm going to hang out at the back of the line, and anytime they get too close, I'm just going to pop off the uh, the brush torch to try and push them back. He's going to get drunk on pop-off. Pop-off and fresco. <laughs> Go ahead and give me a spy hidden, Kyle. I needed a 60. I rolled a 27. That's a hard success. I find a whole fucking case of fresca. Chilled for some reason. This fungus thing is giving you fresca? I'm okay with that. It's made of fresca. It's refreshing. Sponsor us, Fresca. As you're popping off, these things creeping towards you, seemingly just pop, 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 pop. In the distance, back towards where you can see the ranger station now engulfed in flames, a patch of the mushrooms rises up and forms what looks to be a humanoid shape and then dissolves back down. And then a few yards from that, another patch of mushrooms rises up and forms into what you can guess to be a cougar or a mountain lion. And then it too dissolves. And then a little bit closer to you, something rises up and forms the shape of a bear. Uh, Guys, it's making things. We should probably hurry up. And because you rolled hard. I always roll hard. As you burn the encroaching toadstools, you see that they shrink, but then they come back to life as if they're spontaneously healing. I'm going to need you to roll sanity, Kyle. 
Uh, I needed a 54. I rolled a 71. That's a failure. You're going to take one point of sanity damage, and I'm going to need a uh, involuntary reaction from you. Keep in mind, too, that you are currently down from your starting point of 60 down to 53. Your threshold's 48 in one go, but so far you've been just chipping away at your sanity. As we're quickly running, I'm going to spin around and dead stop and just hold down the trigger and scream, get the fuck away from me, Ah!" and just wave it back and forth wildly. Give me a luck roll. I needed a 43. I rolled a 36. That is a successful luck roll. Before you can empty the full canister of the brush torch, Rosa slaps her hand on your shoulder and says, Kaya, we have to, we have to move. Come on. Uh, Oh, shit. No, you're right. Sorry. Guys, come on. We got to keep moving. Grab Kyle's shirt and pull him along with me. I'm telling you, but they're thick. From here on out, Kyle, anytime you use the brush torch, You'll need to make a roll, a luck roll. Otherwise, it will be incapacitated. It jammed. Who brought jam? I want jam. Is it boysenberry? The short trek south from the ranger station is oppressive. The morning heat intensifies, as does the humidity. Tree leaves seem to drip with thick dew that is almost gelatinous. A sulfurous tint paints the air, coating the back of your throat. Although you can hear chirping birds, chittering squirrels, and the occasional yelp of a coyote, they originate from far away. Nearer your location, all is eerily quiet. When you finally reach the clearing, you're lathered in perspiration, but the sight of the cabins causes your skin to pucker with goose pimples. Each of the four small wooden log structures is now covered with a furry green-black lichen. Lichen subscribe. The same thin coating blankets five vehicles parked all around the clearing. Nothing moves. There is no sound. Uh... Guys, uh, this looks abandoned. I think we need to keep moving, sir. Come on, we just need to go. We just need to go. Well, I'm sorry, but the code of rangers is we must check. I'll hold on to the gun. You can go and check the cabins, okay? I, I understand that you're all scared. Sir, we don't want you to die. I would rather not die either, Ben. Thank you. Thank you. Great, then let's just keep going. There are four cabins and four of us. I suggest we simply split up and just quickly check to make sure there's no survivors or anybody here who needs help. I think we should just go. I'm very disappointed, Rosa. Don't you care about your fellow human? That's why we're doing this. They're making people sick. Who is? The fungus, the mushrooms, they're making people sick. Yes, and we'll take care of them. But in the meantime, maybe these people need our help, so... Uh, you go first, and I'll sit back and watch to make sure that I know what I do, you know? You're more experienced. I'm- what if you just look in the doors real fast and we'll cover Oh, you? no, we, we must be thorough here. I mean, what if somebody's hurt in one of the interior rooms? How do we get into the cabins? Let's go up and check, shall we? Don't touch that stuff, Ranger. I wouldn't if I were you. No, we're good. What if you just, like, yell real loud? But what if they're unconscious? Rosa, I've had training for this, and we we can quickly check and then be on our way. Fine, let's just get this over with. We need to go. We just need to go. 
Okay, we're gonna we're gonna check the cabins real fast, and then we're gonna go. Mm. Kyle, would you rather just stay, stay out here and maybe you could check out the vehicles, make sure no one's hurt inside? Uh, sure. They might have change in their ashtrays. They might, yes, it's true, but don't take it. And eh. oh, look, they're not gonna use it. <laughs> You don't know that. They're all unconscious in there. Let's go. I'll check these two cabins here to the left and the right. Ben, why don't you take that one? And uh, Rosa, why don't you take that one? And uh, Kyle, if you would mind, just check each of the uh, vehicles out here. Make sure no one's hurt. Ben, you step up to one of the cabin doors, the one that has been assigned to you. And, of course, that old fear surfaces. The lichen is... Thick and furry. You wonder how it came to grow so quickly over the entire structure. The door is slightly open a couple inches. Would you say it's a jar? No, it's a door. I'm going to pull out my machete. With the tip of the machete, push the door open and use it to clear the open way to make sure nothing is covering the entrance. Make sure that none of my body touches any surface at all as I slide into the cabin. So you enter the dim interior, but your eyes quickly adjust, and you see kitchen, the living room, the dining room, and there's only one interior room in one corner with the door closed. The entirety of the interior, walls, ceiling, floor, is covered in the lichen. And your footfalls as you enter create a creaking and groaning sound from the wood floorboards. Everything in me is wanting to flee. I want to run. I need to get out of here. But the ranger's right. I have to make sure there's no one in here that needs help. So for the first time in my life, I suck it up. And I focus on the bedroom door and I make a beeline. And don't even hesitate. Just open that door and swing it wide. Rosa. I know that I need to go in. I really don't want to, but I'm, I am I guess I'll do it. So I go up to the front door. This uh, door is firmly shut. The green-black lichen reminds you of rust on an old tractor. It's the same sort of shade. Any windows on the front? The windows are completely covered with the same lichen. You can just make out where the panes of glass would be, but they're completely coated. Push on the front door with the axe head. And it doesn't budge because it's latched. I look down and find like a rock and I pick it up, knock on the front door and be like, hey, hello, anyone, anyone in there? Silence. Go around to all the windows. Are there any windows that I can see anything through? No. I have a kerchief. I'm going to take the kerchief and I'm going to use it to uh, cover my hand while I open the door. So you take the kerchief and wrap it around the door handle and unlatch it. And you smell something curious. It smells like the stump at your farm after your father slaughters the chicken for dinner. It's that same coppery scent of blood. Push the door open a little farther. Hello? Is there anyone Is there anyone here that needs some help? And you see it is an open space with a bedroom at the back. But the bedroom door is wide open. Even though 
The lichen has grown everywhere, on every surface, up the countertops, onto furniture. Curiously, the bedroom door seems barren. There is only a little bit of the lichen which is growing up towards the base of it. Push the front door all the way open, very carefully, like, walk through the cabin. I'm clutching my ice axe to the bedroom door, and I just want to peek inside. Kyle, you find yourself in the clearing all by your lonesome. Every chirp of a bird, every rustle of a bush, even as far away as it is, still causes you to whip your head left and right. You feel very on edge right now. Gingerly kind of walk over to where one of the vehicles is at. Just going to use the end of the the brush torch to kind of tap on on one of the windows and be like, uh, you in there? Um, Hello? Give me a spot hidden, please. Uh, I needed a 60, I rolled a 27, which is a hard success. This vehicle looks familiar. Isn't this your teacher's car? And you look it up and down. You realize that it's parked right next to a tree, but actually the front end of the car has been accordion slightly, as if someone had run into the tree. But because of the lichen covering it, you didn't immediately see the damage. Grab a hold of the uh, the brush torch, and I'm going to rear back, and I'm going to swing it at the window, and I'm going to try and bust the window open. It immediately implodes, and inside, behind the steering wheel, you see a strange, leathery-looking blanket draped over it. It seems like the windshield, at least from the interior, is completely shattered, but there's no lichen inside the car. Going to reach in through the broken window and open the door, unlatch it from the inside, and just swing the door open so I can climb up into the seat and just take a look around the car. As you do so, you open the door. The blanket slides off the steering wheel, and you see it's Jennifer almost completely deflated. Give me a sanity roll, please. Uh, I needed a 53. I rolled a 79. That's a failure. Please roll D6. Uh, I rolled a four. So we are in temporary insanity. He just realized she's a Snuggie. So we're going to check that box to indicate that you are now temporarily insane. Crazy babies. They were born to be Kyle. I'm thinking of going goth for my next character. The emo kid. He was goth before it was goth. Pre-goth. Nobody understands me. (sighs) Go ahead and roll D10. Eight. Flee in panic. When the investigator comes to their senses, they are far away, perhaps lost in the wilderness or on a train or a long-distance bus. I don't think he'd go all the way back to town to get on a bus. Kyle, when you see your teacher of several years reduced to a skin sack. This is my jerky blanket. You are immediately engulfed with a fear that you've never known. And... Your immediate reaction is to flee the scene, and you do so. Ben. So you find yourself at the uh, bedroom door and open it up. The door creaks, and a bit of dust settles down from the door as if it had been hermetically sealed, and you just broke the seal. Gotta pee all night. Beyond is an empty bedroom. It actually has been spared 
the lichen because the door was closed. Oh, okay. It seems like somebody had been here at one point. The bed is unmade, the blankets torn off, the uh, bed as if someone had woken up suddenly and departed. Closet is open. There are a few empty hangers there. You know that these cabins were used for vacation purposes. Could have been anybody, really, and you're not even sure to what extent they were populated. With my newfound confidence, I feel like I just grew two more inches. I stand up straight, I about face, and I head right back to the door. Not running, walking with a purpose. And I'm going to go out and deliver my findings to Kyle to show him I can be brave. I can do this. And you reach the front stoop of the cabin, and you don't see Kyle anywhere. You simply see one car with its door wide open. And you hear someone screaming in the distance. Other than that, everything is silence. Rosa, you make your way towards the bedroom with the open door and peek your head in cautiously. The scent of that blood, like an old penny, is now tickling the back of your throat. So you're not at all surprised when you see that the lichen has grown into the bedroom, but in a sparse manner, up onto the wall, over the dresser, onto the bed, the ceiling, inside the open closet, coating the clothes hangers, everything, except one spot on the wall where you can see somebody has written something in blood. And the lichen doesn't get within five inches of it, so you can clearly make it out. Drink your Ovaltine. The phrase is, you believe it's Latin. I assume you don't speak Latin. No. I'm going to go ahead and share this with you anyways. Ut ex rascat in lucem viridis. New from Cadillac. That is what you see written on the wall. Go ahead and roll D100 to see if you understand it. Wow, I got a 14. I'm kind of thinking that maybe I have a notebook in my backpack and uh, I could copy down what it says. Sure. Rosa stares at this curiously and there's something about the word virides that strikes a chord with you. It sounds familiar, looks familiar, but you can't quite place it because you didn't have formal Latin training. It's just one of those things that maybe in your readings that you stumbled across at some point, your overall feeling is this phrase, that word in particular, it must have some sort of innate power because the lichen does not grow over it. It is avoiding it. Who knew? All we had to do was walk up to the mushrooms and yell, the power of Christ compels you, and they would have left. I'm going to walk out the door, and I'm going to take the edge of my axe, and I'm just going to make a little nick on my arm and drip some of the blood on the lichen and see if it does anything. A drop of your blood splatters to the ground, and nothing seems to happen. Rosa, why don't you give me an occult roll? Oh, no, I actually have a 40 in occult. Yeah, I got a 62. 
I'm pushing that roll. Tell me how you're pushing it before you roll. I could take the words that I wrote in my little journal, and I'm going to hold them up to the fungus and see if it does anything. You should just try screaming them at the fungus and see if anything happens. So I'm going to use the reach. I'm going to think them really hard. The words... I'm going to mutter the words maybe under my breath. Direct my energy towards the lichen. Please roll a cult as you push this. That's a 56. I'm going to die horribly, guys. You concentrate and mutter those words under your breath at the spot where your blood had seeped into the lichen. And you feel that well of power within you. Your words mingle with the reach. And a force projects itself from you at this alien intrusion. And for a moment, you think you've solved it. This is the way to push it back. But then you feel a much stronger force pushing back toward you. And you realize in horror that you've just alerted and invited unwanted and undue attention from whatever this thing is. Oh, cool. Fear envelops you and you stumble blindly back towards the entrance. You're going to take one point of sanity damage right off the bat and you drop your notebook, completely forgotten never to be recovered, as you scramble out the front door and see Ben and Ranger Rickenbacker at the next cabin over. Rosa, are you okay? And he rushes over to help you off your knees where you've stumbled. I saw uh, words. Words? They were written on the wall. Was there anybody in there? Are they they hurt? I, I didn't see anyone. It looked like you told me to look. Are you okay? You're shaking all over. Uh, ben, come over here. Where's Kyle? I didn't see Kyle, but I went right in my cabin, and I there's no one in there. It's safe. It's okay. Mine were empty as well. Uh, let me check in here real quick. Just stay here with uh, Rosa, would you, Ben? Sure, sure. Keep an eye out for Kyle. Kyle? Kyle? I think something might know we're here. What happened to your arm? There was something written on the wall. You know, the fuzzy stuff was not touching it. It was written in blood. Oh. I thought maybe it was blood- that was keeping the thing away. So I tried dripping a little blood on, on some of the fuzzy stuff, but it didn't go away. And then I tried saying the words that were written on the wall. They were in a language I don't know. And I, I wrote them in a notebook and I got so scared and I dropped the notebook. It's okay. And I just, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. After a moment, Ranger Rickenbacker comes back out. His face is white. I think we got to keep moving. There's something growing in there. Let's go. I think we should keep moving. Did you see the words? No, no. It's the cabin is full of fungus. I mean, yeah, it's on everything except on those words. No, not on. In. And he opens up the cabin door and you see as if smoke or cotton candy was filling the interior of the cabin. Oh, my God. We need to go. Where's Kyle? Have you seen him? I haven't. He was supposed to be out here looking at the cart. Maybe he went ahead. Uh, we, we we need to get out of here. Yeah, we need to go. Maybe he went up the trail ahead of us. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping too. Uh, let's let's be. Maybe feet. Jeremy will let us have picked <laughs> the way that he runs. <laughs>
Leaving the relatively flat area of the cabins behind, your hike becomes more difficult as the terrain begins to climb. To your right, the creek burbles downhill in the other direction. Even through the obscuring brush, you can spot the telltale red splash of the toadstools populating the water's banks. As the tree line eventually thins, rocky outcroppings begin to appear. At first, you're able to walk briskly, making good time even as the heat rises. However, when you're just a quarter mile from Nohokwai's nexus, you're unexpectedly faced with a steep wall of craggy mountain stone that extends as far as the eye can see in either direction to the left and right. Below, back the way you came, you glimpse furtive movement beneath the foliage, indicative of something following in pursuit. It would take far too long to find a way around this impasse, so it seems the only way forward is to go up. Uh, guys, uh, h- how are you good with climbing? We climb trees all the time. That's good. Well, you see up there, uh, there are like these little uh, cracks and, uh, you know, outcroppings that we should be able to just use as handholds and toeholds. I've never climbed a rock face before, sir. Are you familiar with rocks at all? I am actually a lot. He's more familiar with rock pumps than he is actual rocks, though. If we can identify which of these rocks would be most stable to climb upon, that might help us out immensely. Okay. But I think we gotta hurry because there's something behind us. It could be Kyle? Kyle, is that you? Kyle's a snake! I don't think that's Kyle. Guys, I think I found a route. Can you follow me? You gotta put your hands and your feet where I put mine, okay? Not at the same time. It's near impossible. Okay. Ben, as you survey this steep incline, uh, you know that this part of the mountain is a mix of granite, serpentinite, mixed molten, and volcanic rock. You feel a little bit more relaxed as you see familiar types and strains of rock. Obviously, the granite is going to be a little bit better than the volcanic because that could snap off. So you're able to shout down behind you as you are the first to climb up and let people know what they should be holding on to. First off, you're going to need a geology roll. I need a 50, roll a 52. That's so close. I'm going to spend that luck. Ben is very confident in his skills. He's looking over his shoulder as he climbs. It's near the top that Ben reaches out to what he thinks is a serpentinite outcropping, and it snaps off in his hand. And Rosa, just below him, puts up one hand to help you steady your unbalanced, clinging to the side of the rock with one hand. Oh my god, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Ben. I, I, I'm sorry I put a hand on your butt. I'm sorry. Oh, sorry! Sorry, we're both sorry! <laughs> Nervous toots. That little push gives me the extra boost I needed to reach up and grab that, the very top. Some propulsion. <laughs> oh. Ben reaches down to hoist Rosa up, and then the two of you reach down to help Ranger Rickenbacker. And then we pelt Ranger Rick with rocks. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking nerd! You feel a little dizzy just looking down, but thankfully Ben's knowledge of rock 
and Rosa's assistance helped you guys get to the very top without any incident. And at long last, you reached the pinnacle where, as you'd hoped, a deep well of water has formed on the plateau, constantly fed from a massive fissure in the mountainside. This small reservoir gushes in several directions, creating streams and creeks that feed the hot springs. It's the perfect place to lace the water with myconazole. However, before you can celebrate your success at having reached the peak, a shadow bursts from the undergrowth at the edge of the reservoir. You left me to die, shrieks Randy Harrington, as he rushes at your group with outstretched, clenched hands. Underground, alone, for centuries. Bloody foam flies from his lips as he speaks, voice rising in a mix of anger and terror. His eyes or what's left of them, melt down his cheeks in rivulets of jellied gore. In the hollow sockets of his skull, nothing left except a profound blackness. And yet, he can still see. Tune in next time as we play another reel of the Lovecraft Tapes. I'm dead. Uh, Randy's not dead. Define dead. He's feeling better. He's not dead yet. What if it's in the water already? Uh, we're fucked. We'll see if our powder works. If not, we'll watch the movie Powder and we'll just call it good. And then we'll do some cocaine and... Let's do some coke. Let's do some fresca. Straight fresca. No cuts. That's dangerous stuff. Now it's time for some hashtag recommendos where we share some of our geeky obsessions. So, all right, I'll go first. So, uh, as a child of the 80s, I grew up listening to and loving prog rock, even before I knew what the term meant. On the bus to school each morning, the driver had a radio station cranked with Pink Floyd, Moody Blues, and Alan Parsons Project tunes. Just recently, the band Asia released Recollections, a tribute to British prog. Now, I'm not ordinarily a fan of albums containing cover songs because inevitably the renditions don't do the originals justice. Well, I stand corrected. Asia does a fantastic job of covering Emerson, Lake, and Palmer, Genesis, The Birds, Jethro Tull, Yes, and many more. They manage to evoke what was magical about each of these songs while adding a little something extra to give it that modern flair. If you don't quite recall who Asia is, go to your favorite music streaming service and type in Heat of the Moment. If you haven't heard that track before, I envy you this new experience. If you have heard it before, then welcome back, my prog rock friend. Once you're caught up, I encourage you to give Recollections a listen. You won't be sorry. All right, uh, Brian. I'm going to recommend paper. PPD. Photo Paper Direct. I have a project that I recently had to complete and didn't have time to send out in order to a t-shirt company in order to make what I needed for a production that I'm producing. So I went looking and searching for the good old fashioned that I haven't done since probably the 80s, iron-ons. 
We used to do that all the time as kids. But you'd order the iron-on already printed, and then you would iron it on. And we'd put them on everything. Now, in this modern day and age, you can get laser jet and inkjet paper that is vinyl iron-ons. So very thin vinyl, permanent, once applied. My order arrived yesterday. We applied them to t-shirts today, and my actors were wearing them this afternoon. I could not believe how easy it was to do this, and now my brain is swimming with the opportunities that I could make and create on anything. Hats and shirts and duffel bags and basically anything you could imagine that would take a transfer onto it, you can make with this. The company obviously sells everything else, and I have a large photo printer, so I can do 13 by 19, and they actually have... By $10 less, the same paper that I would order from a different supplier. Anything over $50 is free shipping. So if you're in the market to do a fun weekend project, um, if you have kids, they would love it. They can design their own thing. You can print it on there and then put it on their clothes. Check them out. uh, PPD Photo Paper Direct. The quality is is really good. All right. Thanks, Brian. We'll check that out. And uh, Lupine, you're up next. Today, for y'all, I have another podcast, Tower 4. It's by Seven Lamb Productions. It is a really fun, spooky podcast about a dude who, they're in Yellowstone, and he is has signed up to be one of the fire watcher people. I don't know what they call them. Basically live in a tower and look for forest fires over the fall and winter because, you know, the park is closed then. He starts hearing these weird things. He's hearing weird things on the radio. He's having crazy dreams. He's hearing creepy giant things moving in the forest at night. There's a, I guess, sort of a regular. She's been doing this fire watching thing for for years now. And so he talks to her and uh, they talk over the radio. That's how a lot of the exposition happens because otherwise he'd literally be jacking to himself. He's asking her if she's heard these things and she's like, no, I haven't. There's no drilling. There's no quarry in the forest. They're not knocking down trees or anything. It's just super creepy because he's out in the forest alone. And he's basically, he's farther than anyone. He had to hike out there. And the hike itself was like a day long. I'm really enjoying it. That's Tower 4. Cool. Thank you, Lupine. And Matthew, you're up last, buddy. Oh, boy. So today I'm going to recommend the game that has been sucking up quite a bit of my time lately. It's called Nerds. And what it is, is in essence, is a multiplayer competitive game of solitaire for you and up to five of your friends. So it's you and anywhere from one other to five other people all simultaneously playing this card game. It sounds a little weird when I try and explain it without actually seeing it. So it looks a little like solitaire. You have your own deck and you have your own, you know, slots on your board where you build your stacks, except you have an extra pile, which is called your nerds pile. And the goal of the game is to clear that as fast as possible. Along with that pile, there is also a central playing area for all the players where you build your stacks up. So you go from ace to two to three all the way up. So you're trying to get through your pile by building stacks on your individual board and playing cards to these communal piles at the same time trying to, you know, watch what everyone else is doing and trying to time your opportunities. And I make it sound more complicated than it is. Once you play one or two games, it's really easy to pick up on. I've been playing a lot with a couple of our patrons and Discord friends, uh, namely Atulia and Prophet of Woe, and we are all still terrible at 
at it, but for some reason we can't stop. It's literally turned into, no, it's fine. We'll do one more. And then like six games later, we're like, it's fine. This is the last one. It really is a simple concept. Once you play a couple of games to get it under your belt, you're not going to want to stop. Always look forward to, to playing this whenever anybody wants to hop on and play a couple of rounds. The best part is it's free. So there's no barrier to entry here. So go get it. Learn up. Uh, let me know if you want to play because I'm always down to to play some nerds. We've gathered you here today, Matt, because we need to talk to you about an issue that you have. <laughs> Your nerds addiction. <laughs> yeah, it's a problem. Nerds for nerds. But it is a really good game. I just need some more nerds, man. All right. Thanks, Matt. We'll check that out. And that's it for this episode of the Lovecraft Tapes. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe on whatever podcast platform you prefer. If you like what you hear, please leave us a review. Meanwhile, visit lovecrafttapes.com for up-to-date information about our podcast and subscribe to our live streams at twitch.tv slash lovecrafttapes or youtube.com slash lovecrafttapes. You can chat with me in real time at discord.lovecrafttapes.com. And I am once again asking you for ideas for a new character. Hit me up on Mastodon at The Real Weird Kid. I'm glad I have lifts now. I'm Lupine. You can go to my link tree, uh, link tree slash lupinevent at all, one word. That's the thing. Do that. Drop me a note. If you guys want to reach out to me, you can climb up to the well at the top of your closest mountain and shout up to me because I'm right above you and I'll let you know which handholds to use. Until next time, roll four. Come and get your love. Come and get your love, baby. I'm dead. The Lovecraft Tapes podcast is copyright 2023. For more information and sponsorship opportunities, please send email to podcast at thelovecrafttapes.com. Support the Lovecraft Tapes podcast and get access to exclusive content and rewards at patreon.com slash lovecrafttapes.